Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. A poor soul of noble origins, a squire tested in battle, a knight errant forged in Camelot, a man strengthened by love. Join Adam as Sir Gulliston and Craig as the Game Master in Blood and Lust, a King Arthur Pendragon duet game of chivalry and mythic adventure. Let us win glory for our king, who will reward us with honors and lands, and the devil take the hindmost. Alrighty, so we have previously identified what our chivalry skills are, correct? Do you have those like underlined or marked on your character sheet? Yes, I have them all underlined. So at this point, I want you to go through and just test them all. So roll and try to get under them. All right. So first will be my chaste, which is a 13. So let me give that one a test. And that's a seven. So this is just like the standard roll under test, right? So basically go around, um, test them, test all your chivalry traits, and then check them if you pass them. And we'll see if... uh, you get something special. Uh, next will be my energetic, which is a 14. And that's a 17 on a 14, so no dice. Next, we'll try my generous, which is a 17. Oof, and that's a 20 on a 17. Is that like a uh, crit fail or something? Uh, what was it um, on? So that would be on my generous. I had a 17 and I rolled a 20. So now you would roll on your uh, selfish. All right, and that's a fail on my selfish as well 18 on a three that's probably for the best uh check your selfish though and for my energetic i failed that one just like a regular fail would i roll my uh lazy uh you yeah roll your lazy okay six on a six so first off check your lazy but you're probably kind of realizing all the miles that you put on on behind you and as you're coming into camelot you're being basically ambushed with all these activities and people wanting to talk to you about all these things and it's probably just like making you just super tired and lethargic because like you're you're from the country and you're going into probably your first big city ever i mean you were at uh dublin the year before but that was nothing compared to this generally i'm used to a slower pace of life i think yeah okay so next will be modest that one's at a 16, so let's give that one a try. 15, so that's a pass. And next will be temperate, which is a 12. And that's a 14, so that's going to be a fail. Um, so I guess I will roll my indulgent, see what happens with that. And that's a 15, so a fail for that. So I would check indulgent, right? No. No, don't check it. it? Okay. If you didn't pass it. Okay, so that's it for my uh for my chivalry traits. All right. Well, I mean. You're already a chivalrous knight, so it was just a chance to get a little bit more glory if you got all of them. But you did get the checks because you kind of were ambushed about a bunch of like chivalric questions and talk. Uh, Camelot is the it's like the hothouse of courtly activity, and King Arthur and Queen Guinevere set the trends, and everyone else there intimidates them. Lords, knights, and ladies are all continuously presenting opportunities and challenges. It's impossible to be around here without having some opportunity to participate in something special. Each week you spend there every night participates in voluntary and involuntary activities. So throughout your time here, 
you're going to do some unopposed rolls. So you're going to pick one that you want to basically test. So this will be a courtly skill. Let's see, a courtly skill. Would that be like would that be like things like dancing, play, singing, or would that be like courtesy type thing? Yes, all those are court, courtly skills. So compose, courtesy, dancing, falconry, flirting, gaming, heraldry, intrigue, orate, play instrument, read Latin, recognize, romance, singing, tourney, horsemanship, religion. What if I learned to read a little bit? Because my well, read is at zero. Would that this be is, possible? This is one that you are uh, okay. voluntarily doing. So gotcha. you're not going to try to make a fool of yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, let's say heraldry. Because I, yeah, heraldry, because I'm like seeing a lot more of it. Alrighty. You're choosing to engage in heraldry. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Four on a five. Uh, check your heraldry. And now we're going to see what involuntary activities that you are participating in. What is your app, by the way? 12. All right. So you'll have one roll on a d20 here. 17. Ah, you're 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 questioned on religion actually you're probably going up to the new cathedral that's being built in the middle of camelot and spent some time to um you know walk through it and uh you have a priest of the british christian faith who's you know he's he's asking you if you're if you know your stuff and basically at this point you can uh try to make a skill check to see if you can, you know, keep paces. I do remember that you have a special heirloom that uh, might help you on there. So do you want to meditate on the finger bone first? I think I will, because I think if I don't, I might make an ass out of myself with uh, only the base two in religion. All right. So I think it gives you plus three. Is that correct? I wrote it down. I'm just trying to see where... I just wrote down Fingerbone of St. Alban, but I didn't write what it does at all. Right, here we go. It's plus three piety, so it'd be in your personality traits role, but I'm willing to bend the role and give you a plus three to religion as well, if you're kind of inspired by it. Where is uh, piety? Is that uh, spiritual? It would be spiritual. I'm okay. I'm looking at an old edition. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So my... Spiritual is a 10, so I would just add three to it, try to uh, pass under a 13. Um, it's for a religion skill check, actually. So. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I'm willing to bend the rules like this because you are a solo player. Okay. All right. So what am I What am I actually rolling right now, then? Uh, spiritual or religion? Yeah, the, you'll roll the religion skill check with the plus three bonus. Nice. I rolled a one. Awesome. First off, check your religion. Uh, secondly, the... Uh, the priest that you're talking with kind of uh, nods and you give the right answers. Apparently you knew your uh, paternosters and, you know, he's, he's somewhat impressed with you. Oh, thank God. Literally. Thank God. Yeah, actually. Alrighty. So there's been a lot of hustle and bustle. You're getting knighted, but uh, you're still a squire and you still have some duties to attend to Sir Gregor with. And basically you still have to get him ready until he can get one of his uh, replacement squires to up to taking your duty. So, you know, you're getting knighted, but you're kind of working with some of the uh, lesser squires in order to make sure that they're ready. It's a 
bit of a shock to you, even though you were able to kind of put two and two together and you probably should have been doing this all along because, you know, you train your replacements, but uh, you know, it, it's been a whirlwind of a year. So you're helping uh, Sir Gregor get ready and he has you uh, lay out some of his best uh, clothing because he has actually going to be attending a feast. So you get, you kind of, you know, brush off the clothes um, with a stiff horsehair brush and you unpack them from his trunk and get them ready. You dressed as best as you can to match because you're probably wearing like the cast off clothes that he was, that he gave you like two years ago. So they were at one point pretty nice, but you know, you wear the same set of clothes for a year. They get unnice. Then I'm you, wearing my nice shirt. Yeah. So it's probably worth like maybe a few denarii at this point. But at one point it was really nice. It's got but, the stains of uh, the previous feasts I've worn it to on it. But I'm uh, laying out a few different options in case he, uh, in case he's he's being picky. Uh, yeah. I mean, he is a pretty rich knight at this point, so he actually has a few options. And you're using your courtly skills to kind of figure out what's in fashion in the area. And, like, you don't really have the fashion skills, so you're just kind of going off what you've seen some of the other fancy dress knights look at. Because you mentioned you were checking out uh, heraldry. So you find some heraldry that you know and, like, try to spruce up his outfit as best you can. And, and uh kind of like digs the, he really enjoys the, the flash and the kind of like grandeur of this almost like thing that's in trend now of just like being a little bit more like flashy with, with the looks and heraldry and um, like personal flourishes and stuff like that. So he does, he doesn't know a lot about it, but he's very interested in it. So you get uh, your night ready for a feast and it's going to be, in this big castle tower, the one that stuck out first cresting the horizon, it's in the like south uh, west uh, corridor between the Queen's Gate and the South Gate, if that made, means anything. But you get up there and you're probably one of the first to arrive. It's not really a thing to be fashionably late yet. So basically, Sir Gregor gets up there and, you know, he's kind of palling around with uh, some of his fellow knights who've you actually probably seen a couple of them before um if you want you can make a recognize roll let's give it a shot so my recognize is a four so let's see what we can do six no dice ah but you will actually have a bonus because you are in the presence of some pretty uh important knights and their glory bonus actually gives you a bonus to recognize them so one of the people that you recognize pretty um, uh, pretty quick uh, would be uh, Sir Gawain. He just returned from, he's talking about his uh, uh, trip back from the land of mountains. And he has this new fairy wife named Dame Ragnell. And he's talking about how cool she is with uh, uh, Sir Gregor and... There's another guy you didn't quite recognize, but he's like raving about this game called tennis. It's just super cool. And there's um, yet a, a third guy that you do recognize from the 
feast over at Dublin Castle in the year prior, he he kind of like is looking at you trying to like piece out who you are because like there's I mean there's there's servants around here, but like you're like the worst dressed person in here. You can't tell if I'm one of the help or just really poorly dressed, uh not one of the help. Yeah. But you definitely recognize this guy. He has some like really flowing uh golden hair. He's I don't know, he's probably in his I want to say he's in his mid 40s at this point. He's kind of like like motioning for you to come over as you're kind of like holding like this palette of the first course of whatever it is. Actually, do you want to find out what 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 food you're holding? Yeah, let's find out what food I'm holding. When he All motions right. me over, Golston kind of does that who me thing. Like he looks behind himself to make sure uh, he wasn't talking about somebody else. And then when he realizes it's him, he kind of like hurriedly uh, walks forward with this plate sure. of. Let's see. Uh, I'll, I'll roll this. Just make it simpler. All right. That is a 10 and a three. That is almond cakes served on little rondels. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So that's that's pretty fancy. And it's the Middle Ages. So there's no like, you don't do dessert last. It's one of the many courses that you're doing. And uh, like as as you approach, you're kind of noticing he's very well dressed. Uh, he has like some flowing, um, like like almost midnight blue, not quite a purple, but like a midnight blue um, look to him with some of his clothes. And he has this really cool looking arming sword. And it's like one of those Celtic things where like the um, uh, part where the, the um, hilt and the blade meet um, instead of having a cross guard it kind of curls in and like forms like a little heart yeah but he uh he motions for you to come over you do your who me thing and uh approach would you like to uh roll courtesy to see if you can you know do this well and not make a fool of yourself yes let's give it a try i have a 10 in courtesy right now so let's see what i can do oof 19 so you you don't really like do it very graciously, but you manage to not drop the almond cakes. So, but uh, you definitely do one of those who me things on your way over. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you with the almonds, get over here. I go, I go over and I'm like, uh, some cakes for you, my sir. And I put the tray out for the, for the knights to enjoy. Um, the man uh, with the golden hair picks up one of the, uh, the almond cakes and, it starts nibbling on it. It's like very, very good. Say, what do I know you from, Sir Sir Gregor's squire? Ah, yes. And how old are you? Twenty-one. Oh, interesting. Yes, I remember when I seen but twenty-one winters. Gregor and I were good friends. Are there? Yeah, not much. Uh, not much older than you, and we were off uh, going off on adventures. You know, wing ladies. You know how it is, fighting the wars for our good lord. Well, yes, uh, I, I hope to have many adventures of my own. I'm sure you will. You know, yeah, you you seem you seem like a good lad. And uh, Sir Gregor talks highly of you, especially after, you know, last year. Well, uh, I aim to serve. Uh, pleases me that he thinks highly of me, but uh, I merely do my duty. And he, like, kind of puts his head down. Oh, 
forgive my rudeness. Let me uh, introduce myself. I am uh, Sir Amran. Uh, that's Amran Gowit Erin. That's uh, which translates to Amran of the Golden Hair. It is a pleasure, Sir Amran. My name is is Golliston. Yes, uh, I shall have to remember that in case I see you again at some point. And then he kind of does the away with you uh, gesture with his hands. I give him a bow and walk off. All right. So you you spend uh, most of the feast uh, serving different dishes. It's So serving dishes again at this time is quite an honor. And you're looking around and you're realizing that everyone is starting to kind of file in and people are uh, given different uh, feasts and courses. It's just like, it's not like a huge huge feast but it's just like a small intimate feast among some close friends and at some point uh king arthur comes in and he's like oh whoa, whoa, don't get up don't get up for me sort of thing and he just takes his seat um next to uh, uh sir gawain who's still going on how awesome his wife is and like you know they they chat pretty close you would probably know that sir gawain is uh arthur's nephew and at this point, Arthur doesn't have any uh, children that are really known, so he's the heir apparent at this point. But, you know, he's still a young guy. Uh, Queen Guinevere, you here is quite lovely still, and he, she's probably going to bear him plenty of sons any day now. Any day now. So I'm going to say that with uh, the amount of duties you have, you, you still have time to do one spe- um, round of uh, feast activities if you'd like to. So there's really not many ladies here to flirt with because this is a meeting of men around a round table. So it's sort of like an intimate sort of thing. So flirting is probably not going to be there, be an option, but uh, you can indulge in some of the food yourself. You can drink, you can try to intrigue, or you can take a feast deck card. Well... I was going to say eat and drink, but now I want to take a feast deck card. All right. Let me, I found them, by the way. Yes. There they are, the feast deck. These are like my favorite mini game in the thing. So instead of having rolling, I'm just going to pick on one out at random. Alrighty. Wait, you have um, an app of 12. So you're just an ordinary looking guy. But uh, yeah, generous knight, a rich and generous knight asks you about your circumstances at home. Actually, this is probably good for you. If your grade of maintenance is poor or ordinary, which, yeah, you're a poor knight, even though you're being maintained at ordinary level, the knight offers to provide goods and services for you. Uh, You may live as a rich knight for the next year, or you could decline this um, offer and check proud. Okay, wow. So... How would how would this be received by like Sir Gregor if I if I listen to his offer? Um, so let's say it's uh, your good friend uh, Sir Amarin that uh, you met, um, who's um, saying this. Um, you could actually make me a courtesy roll to see if you can like figure out what the if there's like a motive behind it or something. That's a failed courtesy roll. A seventeen on a ten. I mean, maybe he's just a nice guy. He seems pretty well off. He seems he didn't seem like hostile or anything. And he is sitting at the round table. Okay, so this is like how I imagine it playing out. Sir Amron is like, you know, like mildly curious in me, not like overly curious in me. But we do end up talking a little bit. And I go on to like kind of like explain my family 
layout with him, you know, how I'm like one of many brothers and my brother March is kind of the star of the family and, you know, he, Helig he is next off and he's just like, you know, listening to me talk about, you know, and then Helig is next in line and Griffrey is with the church. Even, even Nodens is uh, more popular than me or whatever. And he's like kind of just listening and he's, you know, yeah. this he, proposition comes up. Yeah, he, he kind of like reaches out and is like feeling your clothes. He's like grabs your tunic. He's like, is that felt? And you're like, uh, no. He's like, now it is. But <laughs> yeah, I accept. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he he would check his generous. But <laughs> um, yeah, so write down that next year you would you'll live as a rich knight, which is actually pretty cool, especially if you like get a bunch of fancy horses or children. Yeah, so yeah, he'll he says, uh, okay, my my people will be in touch. We'll we'll get something together for you, Sir Amran. I I must thank you. This is I. How can I express my gratitude? And uh, Golston's at a loss. Yeah, merely by uh, living and continuous continuing to be a chivalrous knight, as I hear you're going to be. And he, with that, he kind of smiles, and you kind of catch like uh, Sir Gregor winking at him. And I give him like a. A graceful like nod and like bow is thank you. Yeah. So like I mean, how, how do you feel about this actually? It's kind of um just come so out of left field. It's like when he was summoned over by that group of people, you kind of just had that like moment of the way I'd imagine it feels like when you meet a celebrity or something, and just total surprise when he finds out they're taking interest in him enough to even like ask him questions and stuff like that. And then to have his potential recognized, that's just like one of those things that puts you over the moon. You know, he's probably not going to sleep tonight because he's giddy thinking about it. And speaking of celebrities, another well-known celebrity walks into the room. I'm not even going to make you roll for Sir Lancelot as he strides in proudly wearing purest white harness that you've ever seen. There's even more plates and dazzlements and decorations that any other night you've seen. He's His hair is perfect. He even smells good at a distance. Like, the room smells better for him being in it. And, like, you got one of those, like, uh, junglers in the background and bards just, like, start playing music and pep up when he walks in the room. And then Arthur rises to greet his friend and Arguably best knight of the age. He is the flower of chivalry at this point, and they embrace and welcomes him to sit down near him. Not 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 at his right, because everyone here you noticed at the table has assigned seats. All these high-backed wooden chairs, each of them have gold lettering on them. You assume that they have their names, but you can't really read them. You might recognize Sir Gregor's because it looks like something you saw in a document once and he's sitting in it. But if he wasn't sitting in it, you'd probably have no idea. Um, and you're looking around, you're seeing that the table's almost filled and there's plenty of uh, gold-lettered seats in there. And you're noticing this one seat that doesn't really have like a name on it. It instead like has like some script in like a non-flourishy letter. You don't you, you don't can't read at this point, but uh you're recognizing that it has something on it that's not a name. Like a picture or symbol, or it's just like it's just like 
just the style of writing is different. Like all the other names are like flourishy, but this one's just like stamped lettering. It says something important, you know, but. Golston thinks to himself, I really got to learn how to read. Like you overhear um, um, Lancelot and Arthur talking because they're they're close to each other, but they're still raising um, their voices to, you know, project across the, the table and hear Lancelot saying, I've now heard finally of a knight who can challenge one as me, and it humbles me to the very last note, to a very last note, the worthiness of the brotherhood. And so I shall finally take my um, my charge here. And there's some clapping and like everyone's excited that he's actually joining the round table. How does uh, Golston feel about that? Did you, do you care? Oh, he, he's very like uh wrapped up in the excitement. I think that anytime one of these men who have like this outstanding presence talks, he just feels riled up. And especially with the clapping and cheering of others, he's going to be like on his feet, just giving that almost like Bravo clap, just like, you know, like, yeah, like kind of like a, you know, not, not, not like boorishly, but he's going to be like matching the enthusiasm of the other guests. Yeah. Like these are like, if you were like a nineties kid, you probably had posters of some of these nights on your bedroom wall. Like it's like, you're meeting your heroes finally. And it's like probably quite humbling to be in the presence of them. Like these are people that like bards sing songs about, and you're just Goldstone. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. This is his equivalent of, of meeting Michael Jordan as a kid. So more food is served most by you, by others. And the, the feast goes on. It's, it's, it's a small feast. It's only five courses. But uh, at one point, Arthur stands up and says, Once again, my lovely wife, the queen and lady Guinevere, will be holding tryouts for her knights. This tryouts will be taking place next week. So I'd expect all knights worthy of the challenge to attend let's have a good showing for her and there's of course of course an agreement and do you chime in no that was that that was a voice in the crowd (laughs) and you do notice that um sir gregor is kind of like nodding at you golston does the who me again no just kidding but actually yeah he's He's like surprised that just the potential others see in him right now. And he's, but he's like definitely uh, really feeling a high from it. He's like, oh, yeah, th- thinking to himself, that's something I might be into. Maybe I could stand out amongst these men even. Yeah. If only you were a knight. So yeah. you're, you're cleaning up after this feast and, you know, you're, you're getting your um, porpoise and peas that's left over from one of the courses and you're, like basically eating the leftovers with some of the servants in the kitchen, you know, getting your meal, you know, help clean up. You may get all the dishes back to the servants who will then give it to the Almer, who will basically take these meat soaked trenchers and hand them out to the poor. And I mean, honestly, alms at Camelot is better than like rich folk eat pretty much anywhere else. So these are really good scraps. Awesome table scraps. Yeah, superlative level of lifestyle table scraps. Like this is the 1% of the 1% table scraps. So, so I imagine I'm pretty pleased with myself even just, you know, eating whatever's left over. I'm probably like happy as a clam right now as I pile in whatever 
food I can find a guy my size requires a lot of fuel. So, you know, I'm just probably like patting my belly as I eat a bowl of whatever. At uh, some point you go and you help Sir Gregor get ready for his evening. He's not needing a lot of attention from you because he now has other squires that are starting to take on these duties. And a man comes by and asks for you. You're in one of the, not the grand tower that you were in, but one of the other towers in the city of Camelot around the curtain wall. And you and Sir Gregor and the other squires actually have a room to yourselves, which is pretty impressive. You get to sleep on the floor, on a nice floor. Not bad. So yes, a guy knocks on the door and you open to receive it and he's actually asking for you. He appears to be a you know, a well-dressed burger of the town. Sir, I've uh, come to take your measurements. Oh, well, of course, yes. You know, I'll, I'll uh, motion him in and I'll uh, kind of like looking, looking proud. I'll be like straightening out my clothes and, and making myself stand up tall, putting my arms out and my, my legs standing in a wide stance. Yeah. Sir Gregor looks up from the book um, he's reading and like kind of, takes a glass of wine, swills it around a couple times, takes a sip, sets it back down, and goes back to his book as if he, like, he's expecting this the whole time. So yeah, this guy is like taking your measurements and you probably actually never had clothes that were made for you before. So this is probably a big deal. Yeah, he's ready to look better than he's ever looked. So he's just like really excited at the prospect of this. And he's just like trying to be as cooperative as he can to make sure that this this guy gets the perfect measurements. All right. So uh, you should be able to pick up the robes tomorrow morning, and you should be all set for your vigil tomorrow night. And by the evening, we should have the rest of your clothing tailored. Many thanks, sir. And he like gives like a, I don't know, like a polite nod to him. The, the door shuts, and again, you're alone with Sir Gregor and a couple of the other squires who are kind of like taking uh, brushes to his armor and like, taking the chainmail and making it self-polish itself. It's kind of a whole production. And uh, Goldston will kind of like look around, like pretty pleased with himself. And then he'll look over to Sir Gregor again. And uh, if he can like get his attention, he'll, he'll say, um, I just wanted to say again, this is the greatest honor I've ever achieved. And it would not have been possible without you, my sir. I promise I will make you proud and live up to your expectations of me and like he like takes like a he's taking like a knee as he says this so gregor looks up from his book and says oh of course my boy uh, you know you have plenty more time to gain honors and glory for me and our king just sorry you had to get more clothes i know if you follow the pagan ways like me we could have just had this done in the the woods and you know been done with it but Apparently, you Christians have this sort of vigil thing, so it's going to take even more time. And Goliston, who's kind of basking in this whole process, doesn't mind it. He wants it to. He wants to enjoy every second of it. So all of the the ritual and extra little bits are just things that he really enjoys. Every little reminder of of what's about to happen to him is something that he kind of just basks in. Does Goliston know what's about to happen? I mean, he feels kind of like what 
Gregor's hinted at, and he knows that it's something big because of just like all this different stuff, like the talk of this ritual, like getting his measurements and stuff like that. He feels this change of station coming on. And when the mention of the, the contest for the queen, like when Sir Gregor looked at him, he kind of had a moment of like, why would he be looking at me for this? But like, it's it's almost just like this flood of possibilities is entering his head that, you know, he's valued by this group of people. And, you know, he's going to be given an opportunity to make some kind of name for himself, whatever that may be. He just knows that his position is changing and he's not just the going to be the squire anymore. He can feel that with kind of like his duties being replaced a little bit. It's not, he's not being replaced to be like demoted. He's being replaced to be moved up to like a, a position of more excellence. Yeah. I mean, you probably, it's a romance period at this point. So you probably heard stories of what happens. So we'll scoot on to the next day. So that the next morning you go and pick up the clothes from the clothier and there's this white garment that you would know to be like some sort of religious garment that you're supposed to be wearing for your vigil. And there's another garment of a color that we yet undetermined, but it is definitely the colors that uh, Sir Golson would probably adopt at this point or going forward. We'll come back to that later. So, you know, you, you spend a lot of your morning just, you know, getting everything ready just back at the tower, things just start appearing there. Um, and they're like brand new. Like there's a guy who drops um, off like a new um, set of reinforced chain mail. And there's like a lot of like metally parts attached um, to it in separate bags. The other squires start polishing that up as well. You notice like a small meal being prepared for you rather than you being the one preparing the meal. And you see that, you're wearing all new clothes at this point, new hose, new shoes even, and you're getting ready for your vigil. So just for the listeners, now that we're in the romance period of Pendragon, there's some, some cer- ceremonial flourishes in the knighthood that weren't present in earlier versions. Some religious lords may use elaborate ceremony. Uh, typically, a knight spends the night preceding his ceremony and vigil in prayer and contemplation, the sword, armor, coat of arms, and spurs used to wear as a knight are placed upon the altar. For you, that's going to be at the chapel at St. Stephen's Cathedral, which is um, still being built, but there, there is an altar that is usable. And these items receive a blessing from God or the knight's favorite saint, possibly St. Alban, because you have his finger. A priest or bishop bestows blessings, and the knight makes further oaths to support the church. Being British Christian, Goldson would probably make such oaths as well. In this ritual, the candidate may be dressed in special clothing that symbolizes his future as a knight. In such cases, his white over tunic symbolizes purity. His black tunic, hose, and shoes denote death. His red cloak indicates blood both that which may be shed and that which runs in the noble band's veins, and his white belt denotes the chastity of a good Christian man. So you spend the night in quiet contemplation and prayer. Can I actually get an energetic role to see if you are able to stay awake? Because it is a long time. 14 on a 14. 
That is a crit. First off, check your energetic. And you see a lot of the other squires, like there's several, like dozen of them packed into this chapel at this point. It's springtime, so the humidity in Britain mixed with all the moisture in the air is like making people just like pass out all the time. So there's more than a few just snoozing away. You could feel however you want to feel about that, but you know, you know how it is. And can I get a spiritual roll? And you can use your finger bone for a plus three to see if you pray adequately. Nice. Four on a 13. Four on a 13. So first off, check that. Again, a little bit more spiritual. And you say all your paternosters and your Aves Maria, and you're one of those um, who actually goes through all the devotions and that priest that uh, you saw earlier who actually you did your religious skill role is like basically going along with it and just like yeah this guy's awesome he he meant he might mention that uh, you might be one of those uh, knights to look forward to serving the church later if that's so one of your wishes but let's make you a knight first so finally the day has come. You're dressed in all your finery. You have this magnificent, brand new reinforced chain with all these partial plates attached to your kit. You got this helmet and it actually closes on your face. It's, it's really hard to see out of and it's hard to hear anything, but you have that at your side. You have all these like accoutrement on. It's laid out um, behind you and Basically, you're led in a long line of squires to be knights. And basically, it's like a processional line and where you see the high king of all Britain and emperor of the Western world, King Arthur himself, is ahead of you, dubbing squires, making them knights. After each one, there's a round of applause. And Sir Gregor is kind of standing on your left and escorting you up. How are you feeling at this point? I mean, obviously excited, but... Uh, probably for Golestin, this is like the most amazing and somewhat even spiritual moment of his entire life. This is kind of like... It's, it's like the most important thing that's ever happened to him, and he absolutely feels it. So like as he gets closer in line to have this bestowed on him, he feels like a tremendous amount of butterflies in his stomach. And uh, he's sweating and he feels clammy and uh, nervous, but he's just like uh, incredibly proud. There's even a bit of tears welling up in his eyes as he begins to get closer to the king. And finally, it is your turn. You kind of have a lurch in your stomach as you take your step forward and realize there's no one else in front of you except for your lord and heart king, Arthur. So he smiles at you. Come forth and kneel before my throne. I do. A servant comes and places the sword, armor, shields, and spurs kind of nearby. And it's one of the other squires for Sir Gregor. You recognize him. So King Arthur kind of uh, speaks up again and says, Be it known to all men that I, King Arthur, such and such, and such and such, he rattles off all his titles in succession, protector of the faith, overlord of Ireland, like emperor of Rome goes on and on. It takes a while. I am minded to raise the Coliston. And you're like, oh, he knows my name. 
by virtue of his honor, loyalty, valor, and skill at arms to the high rank of knighthood. Golison, do you swear to and acknowledge me, King Arthur, to be your lawful, true liege? I do. Do you also swear fealty to me, King Arthur, Pendragon, to defend and obey me until I depart the throne or death shall take me or death shall take you? I do. And then he like takes off his glove and just slaps you across the face with it and says, let this be the last blow you receive and without just recourse, which he gives you a full slap. You notice a few other people got just like shoulder taps and, you know, he's changing it up for a different uh, people. He takes his hands and places them um, up, palms up, and uh, you place your hands on his, or rather... He, you you place yours palms up and he places his on top of uh, yours. And it says, repeat after me. I, state your name. I, Goliston. Do solemnly swear and pledge my sword to King Arthur, my liege. Do solemnly swear and pledge my sword to King Arthur, my liege. To defend and obey me until I depart. My demence or death t- shall take me. What was the last one? Sorry. Goliston right. is... Uh... Yeah, not a knight anymore. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's take this again. let's take this again. We're on page forty-six, Adam. If you want to follow along, okay, I'm on the knighting ceremony page. All right, we're at the the third last um, section where it says herald the candidate. Uh, let let me let me change up the cadence. Repeat after me, King Arthur says. I state your name. Do solemnly swear and pledge my sword to King Arthur, my liege, to defend and obey him until he depart his demence or death shall take me and uphold the honor of knighthood. I, Goliston, do solemnly swear and pledge my sword to King Arthur, my liege, to defend and obey him until he depart his demence or death shall take me and to uphold the honor of knighthood. Part, do swear to defend and honor Galliston as befits a two knight. Then um, Sir Gregor actually takes your uh, a belt and holds it aloft. King Arthur then takes his sword, and this is like Excalibur. You've seen this thing in battle, so you know it's its power. And he taps you on both the shoulders and says, I dub thee Sir Galliston. Now receive your spurs. Uh, one of the pages hands you your riding spurs. Your right to suitable arms. Another page hands you your shield and take this, my sword. And he takes the belt from Sir Gregor and girds your um, waist with it to your side to serve and defend me well. Arise, Sir Knight. And I stand with pride. Yay! There's a lot of uh, uh, applause from some of the nearby people. Um, I'll be recognizing, obviously, Sir Gregor, but you you see your friend uh, Sir Amron there as well, who's um, clapping along with the rest. So you have some friends in the area um, who are happy to see you. Then you're kind of led away, and this whole thing repeats with the next person in line. You, you're kind of led out the back of the St. Stephen's Chapel to where you see another of Sir Gregor's squires. He has like lots of them at this point. He's has in his hands the reins of a pretty nice looking charger it's like a kind of like a chestnut color and it's been saddled and sir gregor kind of looks to you as you're kind of out of the like spotlight at this point he's like well you know we kind of have this little tradition 
I mean, I didn't start it, but I like to keep it going. So, and he um, indicates the horse and says that you are to leap upon it and show your knightly uh, physique and acumen and pride of arms. So, can you roll me a dex roll, please, to see if you can do this? 11 out of 10. So you kind of come up behind to try to like mount a horse um, at a run, and you just you just can't do it. And there's some good-hearted laughter, and like uh, people are patting you on your back and like kind of help you up. It's like it's okay, it's okay. Like hardly any of us actually make it, but it's a good show. And you're kind of smiling, kind of half embarrassed, but you know it's all good fun. Yeah, I don't think anything can really uh, break his stride right now. He's a uh... He's just like super elated. Yeah, and you're you are a mounted knight on a horse for the first time in your life. I like knights. Do you like knights too? If so, check out our Scion, Temptation, and Thirteenth Age games for more chivalric role playing 